0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, this is Vance, as usual, our call is copy. Advance. that's right, it's me, Vance, here, and uh, today we are doing it in a podcast style, uh, every Wednesday 9pm will be the streaming session that we'll be doing, but today we have a regular in-house guest speaker, Dr. Arinda Singh, HS. Hello, Dr. Arinda.
1: Hi, Vance, how are you? We are back to online from meeting physically just a couple of days ago, so yep, exactly. I'm glad to yeah. <laughs>
0: but it was uh, very interesting to catch up, isn't it? I mean we were doing like for about two years and six months in virtual. Am I right to say that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we were we were all online and then we met up physically <laughs> now we're back online again, but I think it's gonna be awesome again.
0: Yeah, so but uh, before we even dive into the topic, I mean, tell us about your experience in Singapore, especially the one that we went to East Coast in the uh, coffee bin, you
1: know, we get oh. our chai and, you know. Yeah, that was an awesome experience. I thought um, I never saw that part of Singapore before, um, you know, um, near the beach side. I thought it was a fantastic thing and uh, I really enjoyed myself. Vince. I thought uh, catching up physically, uh, you know, you always before the pandemic you never you always take it for granted that you can meet a person physically then you meet people during the pandemic online and then uh, slowly slowly you know you be, you be, make a lot of friends slowly you meet them physically after the pandemic as we ease towards um, towards endemicity and then suddenly you find that wow this is what you actually took for granted for so long so yeah, yeah. that is something which uh, is really amazing and uh, yeah, something but,
0: which... But, but, uh, but I got to agree with you also, like what you said, right? I mean, we never met and we are meeting for the first time. And as if like we know for years, I mean, we know for years, true virtual, but the the, the, the experiences or the body reaction and the mind, you know, adaptation is very strange, right? Like I know you very well, but virtually, and then we are meeting it for the first time and we, we, we don't need any introduction,
1: right? That, that is the power of technology. It, it, it can make things so realistic that you are actually sitting or talking to the person uh, next to you. And I think that the pandemic struck, if this pandemic would have gone, let's say, about uh, 30, 40 years ago, or even when we dealt with a different pandemic called the smallpox, um, we can only imagine how people would have been confined to their, to their homes mm, and to their right. to their from their loved ones. But now because of COVID-19, with technology, we still were able, yes, we couldn't be there physically, but we still kept in touch with a lot of people virtually. Uh, families yeah. were kept intact. Uh, friendships were kept intact. So I think, um, you know, even though there are a lot of setbacks towards technology, uh, but I think this is one of the things which used correctly, it, it brings more more good than harm.
0: Well said, Dr. Arvinda. I mean, it was a great catch up with you and the little chat that we had uh, at the East Coast together with your Papa G as well. It was an interesting (laughs) chat to meet you for the first time. Thank you for visiting Singapore. He has
1: declared himself your biggest fan.
0: (laughs) Yeah, oh, that's lovely. So he also must join in for copy with Vance, you know?
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm very sure now since we have. Since the podcast has gone, uh, 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 I mean, uh, on on podcast on different different modes, I think uh, it'll be. I think not only him, but many other people, uh, many of our my followers, will be catching up, and I think uh, you know it'll be easier for them to listen to what we speak. And I think uh, great times are ahead of us.
0: Totally agree with that. And also for viewers who are listening this, because right now we are from viewers, we are going to listeners right now because it's a podcast style. But uh, we will be in both areas. So it means that we will be in Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, as well as podcasts in Apple, Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. So viewers or listeners out there, please do share and like. I uh, don't really like, but you can give us your ratings in terms of styles of how we did. Or if you have a, a particular comment, you can always write to us, which we will give it to you at the end of the session. But today's topic, it's always fascinating talking about the conscious mind, the unconscious mind, the feeling, the thoughts. Um, yes, we are talking about psychology, but we are narrowing it down to the topic of mind, your brain. So, uh, Dr. Rinda I mean, yes, we agreed on this topic, but what it strikes you to come up with this topic and say, Vance, let's uh, Mm. do a podcast on this topic. I mean, and I said, let's do it immediately. And we jumped in and within the past, what, 30 minutes, we are done here. Why is mind your brain?
1: Yeah, so um, when, when we look at it, let's look at different things that has happened in the past. You know, the old English saying mind over matter. Why, why is it mind over matter? I mean, we have to think back. Why are certain English phrases like that? Why do they say a beautiful mind? There was a movie uh, I mean, many, many years ago. And if you look at all of this, there was actually a lot of substance to what people meant by mind over matter, a beautiful mind. The reason is, if you look, and even as science progresses today, neuroscience, any any science to do with the brain, you find that the more we read and the more we understand, we realize that it is actually so little that we still know about the brain and the human mind. And it is so interesting to find out what we actually don't know. Uh, I will just share with you something very, very basic. Um, If you study physiology uh, in medicine, you will find that... um, certain medications or certain uh, drugs uh, are used um, for for different conditions like for example the h1 receptor is actually for uh, people with any sinus or allergies h2 receptor is actually used for gastritis that means for people with gastric conditions the more interesting thing is just recently, uh, I would say maybe about five, six years ago, they discovered there is another H3 receptor which is a precursor for H1 and H2. That means they give rise to, uh, they give rise to the working of the H1, which is your allergy receptor, and mm-hmm. the H2, which is your gastric receptor or gastritis mm-hmm. receptor or the one that produces your acid. And the surprising thing is this H3 receptor is actually situated in the brain, meaning mm-hmm. to say, if you were to get an allergy reaction, okay, mm. it uh, it may trigger, it may be triggered from the brain. And if you get a gastric uh, uh, issue or, 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 or certain acid reflux and all that, it may also, I mean, I'm not saying it only can start from the brain, but it may also be linked to the brain. So what I'm trying mm. to say is that um, in the past, whenever we study medicine and people say that you're allergic to something, it can be anything. But there is a small percentage of people who are actually allergic when they get stressed. When they develop stress, they actually start developing a body rash and allergy. And there are some people when they think so much or when they get so stressed up, they end up having gastritis. But nobody has ever wondered why does this happen? Yes, there may be fluctuation of hormones. But what is the actual connection? And they actually believe that this H3 receptor is there. So that is what is fascinating us. And I will share with you a couple of stories, medical marvels, I won't say treatment, but medical marvels that has happened in the past that actually help people to relieve their symptoms. So I think it is something so much that we we have not explored, but yet there's so much to talk about.
0: Okay. Um, okay, uh, so we, we we totally have to agree with that. You know, um, brain and hormones and you know chemicals are always fluctuating with us. You know, that's why sometimes we have a good mood, bad mood. You know, external forces as says you know uh, affected us. Uh, situation has made us angry, happy. But apart from this Doc I mean, we are going into the medical first, right? Um, mm-hmm. Can he be used as a placebo? So let's say if my child says "Oh, daddy, I'm feeling stomachache," you know then probably I just want to give, uh, uh, I mean, of course, as the kid grown up, they know that you're cheating. Probably you give them a sweet and say, oh, you take this, you'll be fine. Or, or, you know, to someone who says, oh, you drink this, you'll be good. You know, is that also plays because what you believe and what you manifest and what you're adjusting, like what you said, your neurons, your nerves, your power within you. It, can
1: placebo also plays a part of it? So, uh, uh, first, I think we have to, we have to uh, define what a placebo is a placebo yeah. in, in it can be many terms most of the time it is something which looks or acts like the real medication but there is no active substance meaning to say there is nothing that help uh, that, that 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 helps with medically so just to share with you many many years ago in malaysia there was okay. an issue that um, there was some medications being brought from other countries uh, other other countries that had no approval and one of them was paracetamol which is what we normally use for headaches so there was this particular drug that came uh, when i uh, sorry when i say drug i'm talking here as medication so in medicine we know drug uh, medication as drugs so when they said this drug actually came in uh, they said that it was paracetamol the content but actually it was just made out of hardened flour as you know most of the paracetamols are white color so when they say it was hardened flour it was compressed it was made into the shape of a paracetamol mm-hmm. and it was sold. And a lot of people who consumed it, uh, you know, normally when you take paracetamol, it's bitter. But they did not right. taste anything of that sort. But people who mm-hmm. didn't know consumed, and there were some people who actually said that my headaches were actually cured by... It. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that if you're having a headache, go and take a paracetamol. You must, of course, yeah. get examined by a doctor. But what I'm trying right. to say is, that there was a placebo effect there because they thought that they were taking paracetamol, but actually what was going in was flour. Now, you and I know Mm -hmm. that flour will only cause you to put on weight, not not, not cure (laughs) a headache. But but why did it happen? So it was the placebo effect. And that is where we all learn a lot about placebo effect. Now, um, you cannot say that placebo effects will work for treatment of like, for example, diabetes or even a cancer okay. treatment. All right, right, because yeah. that there is a physiological explanation. But for very okay. abstract things, headaches uh, and a lot of other things, uh, some people and in certain different countries and certain different studies, which is now unethical, of course, to be done. Right. So you should never mm-hmm. do it. But in the past, when they never knew about it, they actually found that there was a placebo effect. So right. it's very interesting to see that how... The mind functions when they think that it has received something. And it's a uh, very funny event uh, just to share with yep. you. I don't know, uh, uh, since you're uh, you're a fitness person, I don't know whether you have seen that people who abstain from taking carbohydrates or sugar, for ah. example, they abstain, yes. abstain, abstain. They're okay. Yep. You know, the first few days, uh, they have a problem. But yep. after that, they're okay. But when they yep. get that one small binge of, uh, let's say, a sweet or and all that, it becomes it. like a craving. Yeah, yeah. Have Have you heard of that?
0: You know, doc. I think this really works because you know, someone who go on a crushed diet. You know, yeah. I don't want to do this. I don't, and Also, nowadays, Google doctor. You know, people are just mm-hmm. going to the Google and just getting their self di- uh, treatments or diagnosed. remedies mm. diagnosed yep. as well. Uh, but 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 you know, like what you said is true. So it is something to do with the mind as well. You know, you <clears throat> go on a thirty days no carbohydrates and zero sugar, yep. and you're going under. A, enormous strain in your body, and then suddenly someone gives you something, a little, and then you go crazy about it.
1: Right. So, right? yeah. I, 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 so yes, that before. Yeah. So, there is something called, <clears throat> which, uh, <clears throat> sorry, there, there's, there's something which is called prebiotics. Have you heard of prebiotics? Yes, I did. Yeah, they 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 got probiotics and they got prebiotics. Now it is said that the reason why the craving happens is because there is this uh, when you the first few days when you don't take any sugar or carbohydrates, these particular organisms in your gut actually die off. Now I'm just talking hypothetically; these are hypotheses which has been formed. So there is no theory behind it, but it makes sense. So these bacteria die off. Now, the moment you consume something which is uh, sweet or with full of carbohydrates, yep. what happens is these bacteria start to form again. And what it actually happens is it sends a signal to the brain, causing the brain to crave even more for that particular substance. Because it has okay. to send the craving so that it is, it is essential for its life survival. Because mm-hmm. only if a person takes sugar and carbohydrates, will it survive. Yep. So it's a sending on a signal to tell the brain to consume more, to consume more, to consume more. So what people are doing these days is they are taking something which is called prebiotics. Now, these prebiotics go and they fight off these organisms so that the cravings actually reduce. But I mean, that story and that theory aside, mm-hmm. it actually goes to show that even microorganisms are actually mm-hmm. using... Different chemicals to stimulate the brain to actually uh, uh, to survive or to continue its survival within the body, and I believe yeah. that is the first form of Bluetooth that has ever formed in this world, even before Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Uh, yeah, you know I like that the Bluetooth part. But doctor, you know yeah. when you talk about
0: prebiotics, but prebiotics <clears throat> also shown improve stool frequency and consistency.
1: So which means that Correct. it makes you poop right? Is, is it right is it yes. because of the content in there? No, not, not it makes you poop. What ha- happens is it actually deprives a certain amount of organisms from uh, 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 what you call um, colonizing okay. your colon. So the first few okay. times it actually makes you pass out. Some people get diarrhea from that. And then later once the colony of the good bacteria is there, it actually creates a good gut health. But I always tell people that this is only a theory based. We have not proven it like There are so many things like, you know, they have got in the past that H. pylori may cause uh, uh, gastric cancer, but nobody Mm. has proven it. Then somebody actually took the pain to actually go through the entire process and prove it. Now we know that anybody with H. pylori, there is a risk to develop cancer if they don't get it treated. So because of that, gastric cancers have reduced because when they do a scope, they find that the H. pylori is there. Pop. That means this person has a risk of getting gastric cancer. Now, this prebiotics is actually a theory a theory now it is the theory of uh, uh, what what may actually happen but it is amazing that all these new theories which are coming up are actually so controlled with the mind so mind over matter and even mind your brain if if a person doesn't look after their mental health doesn't look after their brain health they don't think yeah. correctly they don't think healthily it is going to yeah. eventually affect them if you look at um if you look at uh, many, uh, if you look at many documentaries, when they talk about uh, people who are who are who have committed a crime, when you look at them, they don't look mm-hmm. normal. They always look. You, you when you look at them, you know that there is some issue happening. I'm not saying that it, they may be a bad person straight away, mm-hmm. but it, it it reflects on how their mental status is. So that is why you know people say oh you know have a bath keep good hygiene because it makes a difference it may not make a difference in uh, i mean hygienically uh, it may make a difference not only hygienically but also suddenly you find that <clears throat> you're, men- you're mentally also uh, 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 i mean refreshed in a way right. that is why sleep is absolutely important uh, if i may i will just share with you <clears throat> um you know uh there was this one particular soldier. I, I watched this medical documentary some time ago. There was this one okay. medical uh, soldier who actually lost uh, his uh, forearm. That means from mm-hmm. his elbow downwards uh, uh, up to his fingers. He lost it during a war, during an explosion. All right? Right. And what happened is he got something which is very le- rare, which happens is called a phantom limb. Now, what is a phantom limb? Meaning to say, that the arm is that part of the forearm is already amputated, but okay. he still experiences pain in the amputated part. That means, let's say uh, he, has, he has no fingers already, right? But mm-hmm. after the amputation, he still feels as if he's having pain in his fingers. Wow. Even though that part is already amputated. Now, this is called a phantom limb, it's because the brain still feels that the, the limb is still there. And what happened uh, was, uh, I, I remember distinctively that he had a pain as if that he was actually gripping his uh, fist so tightly okay. that he felt that his bones were going to crush. That's how tight wow. his his uh, his uh, 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 I mean um, the, the the sensation was. It, he went it. for multiple uh, sessions, multiple therapies. Uh, Mm -hmm. brain therapy uh, speech therapy behavioral therapy they put him on all sorts of medication but nothing worked so finally Mm -hmm. there was this one uh, particular doctor who was studying this particular thing about where some people where they lose their limbs they their brain has to see their brain has to see that they still have that limb to actually Mm -hmm. counter things like phantom limb So what he did was, uh, so this guy, I still remember, didn't have his left forearm and fingers. And he still had his right arm. So what Mm. he did was, they put him, they set him down. They set him down and they put a mirror between his left and right arm. Or supposedly where his left arm would be and his right arm. They made him put his right hand there. And in the mirror, he saw a reflection which looked like his left hand. What they did was they told him, you squeeze your right hand as hard as possible and then put it beside the mirror. He squeezed his right hand so hard and he put it beside the mirror. When he looked in the mirror, it reflected as how pain his left arm was because it was being squeezed, right? And the doctor just Mm -hmm. told him, release your right hand. When he released his right hand, he looked in the mirror and his left hand was also relieved immediately his pain of the crushing pain of his left arm of his left yeah, hand for the first time in multiple years mm-hmm. just relieved immediately without medication so wow. the theory behind all of it is big be- that um that it is the mind has controlled so much even for your pain nerves and all that that mm-hmm. it actually can uh it actually it the brain actually feels that it is still there but if you can actually adjust to a new environment like what this doctor did to say that okay you know i'll just mimic a left arm and just make him release it yeah. and when he did that and the brain actually saw because physically it actually saw hey there's a left that's my left hand and i'm going to release it and when he right. released it right. that was the end of it and 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 he he was he was pain free until uh, you know until the time of the documentary was made and it was done so I thought it was an oh. amazing thing which happened here.
0: Definitely. I think I think Doctor, I think it's very uh phenomenal that, you know, that how the brain is. But as we as we go in a little bit more deeper and deeper into that, you know, we also want to look at how can we focus our brain. Because there's no one answer for how to improve focus, but the following uh can help, right? Uh, which I was thinking like, you know, reduce multitasking. Uh, practicing mindfulness and meditation. Just I heard from you, you say that sleep is very important as well. That is where your cells are being repaired. And of course, we will go into that sleep. <laughs> so we should be daydreaming a while a little more than we should, because mm-hmm. we 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 say to someone, hey, don't sleep in the afternoon, you know, don't be lazy, don't daydream. But in fact, daydreaming and sleeping is definitely best for our brain, our body, and our muscles and cells, isn't it there, right,
1: Doc? Yeah, the reason why a lot of people nap in the afternoon which may be unhealthy is because they have a heavy lunch, their glycemic index goes up and that actually causes the brain to actually be slowed down. So that is what they mean. But we are talking about having proper sleep in the night when you're supposed to sleep. That is why people Mm -hmm. say don't have a heavy meal at night and sleep because you're actually mimicking Mm -hmm. what happens in the afternoon. So what you need to do is have a proper meal, have some proper exercise and then sleep. So when you actually sleep, what actually happens is your mind is actually resting properly and of course your body is undergoing a reset to be prepared Mm -hmm. for the next particular day. And I think it's so important because if if our if our listeners just want to know how powerful the mind is, if you felt that you know that 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 that, that phantom limb hand did not work yeah. work off it, what you can actually think of is if you actually watch or you actually see certain movies that actually have people with schizophrenia. Now, no yeah. disrespect man to people with schizophrenia and all that, but that schizophrenia is a type of condition where people actually imagine that there are certain people who don't exist, who can talk, who can touch, and they can feel them, but they actually don't exist. So a lot of times people confuse this with uh, paranormal activities. Now, so a lot of people, uh, they may see, uh, if if you watch uh, a couple of movies, and one I could think of is very, very long time ago, there's this movie called A Beautiful Mind, where the actor actually um was imagining this particular person who he deemed was his friend who gave him advice but only gave him advice to information which he knew about and that is how the mind kept playing about it and he could Mm -hmm. and and when when the doctor actually diagnosed and said you are having schizophrenia you are having a, a schizophrenia where you can actually hear touch the person he said no i can feel him i have held his hand and walked the doctor said, no, you. It is, it is so much so that your brain is feeling that it is holding that person's hand, but it is not. So that is how powerful the mind actually is. So if in all this power, and you must imagine that your mind is not only controlling your thoughts, it is controlling a lot of other processes that is happening from mm-hmm. your body From your heart rate, Uh, I mean, of course, the heart, of course, it being an organ which can function on its own, but it is sending messages because when you're scared, your heart starts beating very fast. When you're calm, your heart rate goes down. There is all chemical hormones. Yeah, there's all hormones which are actually dealing with that, which is your catecholamines, so your fight or flight mechanisms. And then at the same time, it's also doing your peristalsis, also keeping in check and also telling uh, your body that okay you know what your bladder is full even when you're yeah. sleeping your, your your bladder is being kept in check and your body is telling you know hey wake up you need to go to the toilet and and mm-hmm. and, and, and pass out pass, yeah and pass out your urine yeah but yeah. these are things that happen so you must keep your brain and your brain needs time to rest imagine that if we make you work nonstop even if you're on a computer for more than 24 hours it starts to heat up and it starts to slow down what more yeah. our brain so wow. that is yeah. why it's always it's always important to get enough rest and to make sure that yeah. you take care of your brain eating right eating correct material um i know of certain customs especially uh, in our indian culture they actually yeah. link certain type of nuts to actually brain function but if you look at it it is actually the content of these nuts that has mm-hmm. actually effect in fact these days you find um a lot of people with dementia uh, doctors, yeah. uh, uh, psychiatrists are prescribing things like uh, certain types of oils, certain types of uh, 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 food to actually help the dementia, which there is enough evidence these days to help. So yeah,
0: you know, I, mean, uh, I think uh, I mean it really makes sense to as what as we are in in this topic right now. I mean the brain has the ability to learn and grow as we age, right? And also the brain, mm-hmm. also the plastic city, right? We call it a plastic city. It's also it's mm-hmm. what, you know, on a regular basis. So we need to train. And that's why they say uh, when your mind is, when you're idling, it's a devil's playground. So you must constantly True. feed it. And, and uh, what is the link? You know, as someone retires, uh, lack of activities or lack of, you know, what they have done in the younger days, you know, going to the university, studies, playing sports, activity daily, or even or having sex like seven times a week. You know, when everything mm-hmm. slows down as they age, um, is it also the dementia comes in, uh, a lot of other mental issues right. comes in. Is it be one of the issues here?
1: So, yeah. Alzheimer's. So, before we carry on, you, you actually mentioned yeah. something. The brain has the ability to learn. But if you yeah. look at it, actually, the brain has the ability to learn, unlearn, and relearn. That is the okay. 21st century thing. A person has mm-hmm. to learn, unlearn, and relearn because things, the process becomes different. I'll give you a very simple example. If I give you a handphone of a certain brand, you learn. Tomorrow, yeah. that handphone gets spoiled or goes uh, kaput. You go and get another different brand of handphone, uh, even though the, the, the basic function is to make a call, but the way the process runs, it will be different. Right. So you have to learn, unlearn, and relearn, which goes to the fact of, the, of what, what you were mentioning. As people yeah. age, why does dementia kick in? Actually, it may be due to uh, a lot of things like, for example, diabetes. People who have yeah. diabetes who have uncontrolled diabetes, their risk of getting dementia is actually much higher. So, that is where actually uh, uh, your, because as you know, diabetes is an endocrine disorder. Um, and uh, what happens is your hormones, everything goes out of control. Uh, I mean, crudely speaking, and of course, the sugars go up and down as well. And that really affects the mindset. But what actually happens, what I really like what you mentioned was after people retire, why do they mm-hmm. appear that they have aged? It's because yeah. when, when a person actually has to function day-to-day basis, on a day-to-day okay. basis, you find that their mind is keep keep on actively working. Even though mm-hmm. they may not be physically working, but as a, a person who is a senior or a senior consultant, people will still come with a problem where he, actually, or, he or she has to actually mm-hmm. think of how to solve the problem. So the mind is still functioning. Now, once a person retires and if they become idle, they don't do anything, What happens is the brain function starts to deteriorate. That is why you find even uh, the great Mr. Lee Kuan Yew, even at the age of 90, he was still very sharp because he kept giving speeches, he kept giving interviews, he kept reading, he kept learning, he kept unlearning and relearning. That is where the key power is. And in fact, a lot of my patients who come with dementia, you know what is one of the things I tell them to do, which our uh, viewers are more than welcome to actually uh, try. It is a non-medical therapy. I always tell them to play Sudoku. So Sudoku, Ah. the reason you have to crack your brain and find out, hey, you know, I have to get this line in number and that line in number. You know, the process of just happening not only sharpens your mind it also plays a role with your memory and it really helps. And it has a hand mm-hmm. motor coordinational skills with the, with, with yeah. the visual coordinational skills, and there's also a mental component in that. That just goes mm-hmm. to show that how much your mind needs to be trained. It's like an athlete. Yeah. If the athlete goes and runs every day 20 kilometers and he does it for a very, very long time. Maybe slowly, sooner or later, it can't do 20 kilometers or the person can't do 20 They go 15 and then 10. But if they stop Fair running yeah, yeah. and in, in a couple of weeks, you tell them, hey, you know what? Let's start running 20 kilometers again. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. So right. that is why you need to keep doing. That is why uh, we always encourage people of elderly groups to mm-hmm. go and join in social activities among their old peers, uh, among their uh, elderly uh, geriatric peers. How about,
0: uh, how about uh, dance, uh, Arvinda? What do you think about dance?
1: Of course, of course. Uh, dance at a certain age may be dangerous because they may yeah. try certain maneuvers which can actually injure them, okay. and they're high risk of falls. But okay. the most important thing I always recommend is swimming because swimming there is a hand yeah. leg coordination skill. There is a certain okay. movement when you do a certain when you do certain uh, like for example when you when you swim and you do freestyle there is a certain movement of your head from the from the center towards the left so that you can actually your mouth goes up to mm. the right to actually get oxygen and there is a certain coordination hand coordination skills now that is also very useful of course dance yeah. uh, i think uh, done in a safe environment because there's also hand motor coordination skills is yeah, also very yeah. important yeah the cognitive skills uh, cognitive yeah. skills as in thinking which is very important, but coordinating skills is very important. So that actually keeps, and you must understand the brain is so complex. There are certain places where it's used for emotion, certain places where it's used for sensation, certain places where it is used for motor function, certain places where it is used for uh, thinking ability and critical thinking ability. So all these areas need stimulation. So the activity which you do, you want to find an activity which can actually stimulate all the different areas of the mind that actually keeps your yeah. brain active. That is why I remember watching uh, a documentary that the Mr. Li, the late Mr. Lee Kuan Yew used to swim every night. Uh, yeah. I think before he to sleep. Did you see that?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: He, yeah, he does so, a couple
0: of things. He walks,
1: he runs, he cycles, he swims. Exactly. You know? And you see, yeah, so cycling and even walking and even that, all of this, there is no, no monotony to it. So that means there are different activities so they don't get bored. And then when you swim and then when you walk, they are all different hand coordination skills which actually keep... That's why he was very sharp until the day, uh, sadly, where he passed on. But he was actually very, very fit and active until then. And I sincerely hope that if people can look and aspire to what he Mm -hmm. has done uh, for physical and mental health, I'm sure that they are actually going to go into their 80s and 90s living a very happy and comfortable life.
0: Nice. So the... The expiry is even more longer. Maybe another ten or twenty more years, heading on yes. to it just In- by doing these little little things. You know, right? Yeah,
1: because remember, uh, we we always see a lot of uh, a lot of people that they start deteriorating after they lose a spouse, and uh, we also remember that the late Mr. Lee Kuan Yew lost his spouse, and then uh, that's where I think after a few months he passed on. And that is actually very, uh, that's also another very crucial thing. Because if you keep doing these activities with this one particular person and they yeah. pass on or they stop, that is why, that is why it's important to um, to have a, a, a proper group where they, mm-hmm. they encourage each other. But uh, unfortunately, sometimes that is just not possible. Mm-hmm. But what I can say is, um, uh, if, if but, but if you look at the late Mr. Lee Kuan Yew, when he and his wife uh, were, were, were both there, they were all very yeah. active because I think they used to do activities together and all. So, I mean, yeah. of course, being married for so long. So, yeah. So, I think that that, that is something that is, is more interesting to have a partner to actually do these exercises or even physical activities with because if you don't feel like going, the person will say, hey, come on, la, you know, yesterday you did, come on, let's go today. You know, there's a pull factor there and that's exactly. what actually keeps people going more supportive,
0: yeah. you know it's, it's more like a supportive but of course having said that i mean a great uh, credit that you have given to the late uh, lky um mm-hmm. it, i mean his wife uh, was actually the pillar for him right i mean they went through a lot of thing from uh, from where he shouldn't be to where it is right now i mean thanks to thanks to him as well and yes. uh, i mean we wish all the best but doctor i mean we are coming back to the alzheimer disease because we are still talking about the brain I mean mind your brain I mean the, we call it the brain power as well but Alzheimer's mm-hmm. disease is also the most common type of a dementia right that's yeah. what we, we talked about it and it's very progressive disease beginning with maybe a mild uh, memory loss po- possibility leading to loss of ability to carry on a conversation and even to respond to an environment or to the loved ones um, it also involves part of the brain that control through memory and languages but what is amazing part is that doc we have to understand yeah. Uh, maybe the person who was suffering from Alzheimer's disease could be a very successful accountant or maybe a successful CEO who make major decisions, is sharp thinking, laser focused. But you know, that's what he was doing for the past 60, 70 years. But when he reaches to 70, 75, everything just turns against him. And then, uh, in, in the past, where he make decisions for the company, make decisions for the family, and suddenly. He can't do something, and he's becoming forgetful. That could also irritate him. So they become very agy, uh, angry, emotional. So that's a big roller coaster
1: of emotion. We just talked about it as well, right? Doc? yes. So uh, most of the time, actually, it does not irritate them because they don't remember. They get irritated when somebody around, especially their caregivers, when like for example, yeah. a lot of them they forget that they have taken their meals. So they say. Uh, uh hey you know uh, um they come about and he said uh, hey why haven't anybody why hasn't anybody given me my food i'm hungry but somebody yeah. will just say uh, sorry um uh, mom dad or grandpa grandma you just had your meal five minutes ago don't you remember right. no you have not given me food so right, there are correct. two things that there, 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 there are two ways of which suffering can happen one is the caregivers who are looking and 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 feeling that why is that person reacting that way or Right. Why is the person behaving this way? The other thing is, yeah. the other person is frustrated because the mind is so powerful. If you see, yeah. if you had just eaten, your your stomach yeah. will actually be full. But it, yep. the brain can right. actually confuse the person in such a way that it can still make it tell that it is still they are still hungry. Oh, okay. So, so,
0: so, then, so okay. what's going to happen here? Okay? I'm going to ask you this, right? So a person who's having Alzheimer's disease and a dementia, and, you know, it's telling the caregiver, oh, you never given, but then he had a big full of biryani example, right? Probably mm-hmm. the whole meal he finished it. But then he says that he doesn't have it, right? I'm hungry and mm-hmm. I want to eat. So what happens if you serve another plate of biryani? Will he be able to finish it? So because
1: they now will take the body three, four... Of... Right?
0: right. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. So now the body and mind. So the mind says, no, I haven't eaten in. But then the body yeah. digestive system says, I'm full. So... Will he be able to finish it? Will he go into
1: a no. confusion state? That, 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 is, that is the amazing part of it. The body still tells the brain that it's still hungry. Yeah. But they eat okay. two or three bites and then they say, oh, you know what? I'm already full. Because they just had a big meal before that. Uh, it's always yeah. like that, Vance. Um, uh, uh, you know, um, you, you may be really thirsty after a run and you say, you know what? I'm going to have uh, uh, two, bottles of big wa- two big bottles of water and I'm going to okay. follow it by a biryani meal. You finish that two bottles of water. And you say okay lah, Now the brain is here. You cannot two three spoons of that, but the water effect starts to kick in, and your dehydration and your body actually says that it's already full. You can't eat, yeah. even though you yeah. are actually so hungry. You have already filled up yourself. So I think the mechanism of that is happening, and that which is very interesting. Uh, which we have brought, we have brought it up. A lot yeah. of people they say that. Oh, I, I eat, 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 then suddenly I feel so full. Oh, you're like so bloated. Why suddenly I feel like that? Why don't I feel it in stages? Actually, the brain and the stomach, actually, I think, if I'm not mistaken, there's a 20 to 30 minute delay. So if the stomach right. is full, it takes 20 to 30 minutes to tell the brain, hey, you know what? The tank is full. Just carry it out now. But if you keep eating, 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 saying that I'm not full yet, I'm not full yet, I'm not full yet, and you mm-hmm. stop when you are feeling full, you have already probably mm-hmm. overeaten. So that is the trick that we always tell our patients who are actually undergoing weight loss that Mm -hmm. you must quantify how much you can eat. Uh, That means if you know that I eat one plate of rice and then I I end up feeling bloated, that means Mm -hmm. once you reach half plate, you may want to wait between 10 to 15 minutes to identify if you're really full or you're still hungry. So if you're still hungry, then maybe you can continue. But if you're not, that means you're already full. So so how fast,
0: is little- I mean, how uh, amazing the brain is, dog, you know? So many things, yeah, yeah. you know, we are processing. We remember things that we, you know, like 30 years back, 40 years. The memory is so beautiful. And then suddenly when you come to a certain age, right? I mean, that is something that is not uh, planned for. Uh, 75, he's laughing and, you know, working and exercising very actively. On the 76, that's it. You know, something kicks in. So what is the the, the link? Why? A, a matter of six months, you know, a person is very active. What exactly is happening in the human body? I mean, of course, it's a it's a trillion dollar question. Yeah, but it constantly is changing, right? So many things working for us. Some things are, you know, working against us. Antibodies are working. You know, so much of uh synchronization is happening, and yet we know very little of the body. I mean, as a medical doctor, I know you have studied many years and still studying. You know, people are studying into specializations. What exactly is about body ones or our brain wants?
1: You see, the thing is, uh, it may be due to a particular event. Like some people at the age of 70 plus, then they end up getting yeah. diabetes. So because of yeah. the sugar fluctuation up and down, that may cause. It may also be an environmental factor. Maybe the loss of a loved one or that person yeah. um, stops working and decides. I, I know a lot of medical doctors whom at the age of 50 or 60 said, you know what? I am just going to sell off my practice, or I'm just going to stop working. I've had enough because you know it. it, it yeah, it takes it takes a toll out of you. But a lot of people whom uh, uh, I have seen and I have met, uh, my parents, colleagues, who actually said that you know after the age of uh, sixty five or so, I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to take it easy. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, they only maybe do that for about two months and then they start regretting. Why did they do that? They find that they have deteriorated so much. Their brain is um, not working. And and the normal, the normal thing they always say, I really feel like my brain is rotting because there is no more activity. Don't they, know. Don't, they don't have that computational, the critical skills thinking. It is different when a person retires. They retire from a job, but they start doing something else. They keep um, yeah. they keep themselves occupied doing something else which is not only physical, but also something which they can compute with their brain. Mm-hmm. And once they keep doing that, you find that these people are okay. But the people who just sit down and do nothing, that is what they're talking about. An empty mind is a devil's workshop. You start yeah. thinking about all the other sort of things. You can't spend your energy there. Then you start um, creating issues because... Your mind leads from one thing to another, uh, making a person think about certain things, about certain events, which are not probably true, that actually causes uh, problems, or they just don't know what to think about. So they can actually bring uh, uh, a fantasy into reality. That means they are looking at something on TV, um, that a particular event has happened of such nature Then they start thinking about it and they also feel that it is happening in their life. It becomes a super imposition uh, print. There are also people who just want to stop doing things. You see, uh, uh, Vance, a very simple example I can give our viewers or our listeners. uh, When you go for a holiday, you always say, you know what? Okay, I'm going to go on next two weeks. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to go relax. But bro, after you're on day five or day six of the holiday, yeah. you actually feel like, oh my god, I, I can't be doing this for any any longer because I feel that okay, I've rested like You know, I've I, I've I've paid my dues, I've done my rest. I think it's back to go. It's time to go back to work because not only mm-hmm. are you worried about your backlog, but you find yeah. that there is some disturbances within the system itself. I'm not talking about your brain; it can be anything. There's just some yeah. disturbances in the system, and then mm-hmm. you find for the first few days, oh gosh, it's so difficult to work because the first few days you have just come back from holiday you are used to getting up late you yeah, are doing okay. this you are doing that and then you find that oh you know but 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 when you find after a couple of days you find that the 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 the, the real the 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 wheels are back on track and they are just moving as if nothing had happened but can i can, this I, uh,
0: becomes... can I relate this to maybe you know a character or the attitude or some sort of the person's uh, modus operandi or even the, the matter of you know the SOP you know I need to do this I need to do that Um, and then when a certain age comes in when you know you are asked to be retired from his company or for that individual and then suddenly you know with full of things to be done in a day and then you become so free and then like what you said the chances so uh, does it mean that we shouldn't be resting at all? <laughs> There's no retirement for oh. us because the moment you retire you are screwing
1: the our own brains. Can I say that? I think, think, uh, no, I think that when a person is retired, you are actually relieving them from their duties. You are not relieving them from their work. You are relieving them from their duties. For example, if you are a banker who deals with people's money, you are actually relieving them of their duties. You don't want them to be held liable for any potential mistake that can happen. But that doesn't mean that that person should not be uh, doing a uh, uh, work which is related to them. They may be, let's say for example they may go to their religious uh, place of worship. They can go to the temple mm-hmm. they can go to the mosque, they can go okay. to the godwara, they can go to their sign they can go to any uh, of place of worship and say I'm a retired uh, accountant or a retired banker. I know how mm-hmm. to deal accounts. Would it be okay if I help your particular organization? Um, uh, to, so volunteer? Yeah, volunteer. So basically you're not I mean of course there is some responsibility there people may question okay why did this go here and why did this go there but you are mm-hmm. actually not held liable like what you do for multinational corporations. So it right. is good that uh, it is good that they continue offering their services. There are some of them I have noticed after they retire what oh. they do is they decide to go to the universities and teach their skills right. to other younger people so that their skill and knowledge are actually passed down to the next generation which also helps because they relieve oh, okay uh, or when they see a problem or oh, this is what happened i've seen a, a particular or I'm, I'm relating medically i have like mm-hmm. who were 60 70 years old who say oh i saw mm-hmm. a patient which was like that like that who came in we did not have xyz equipment so we decided mm-hmm. to do this because uh, if you if you think about it medically uh, the, the the physiological uh, or the pathological thing happens this way, so we do this mm-hmm. to actually encounter that which people say, mm, yeah, actually makes sense so, not only is that person uh, training their memory they are also mm-hmm. reusing their skills maybe in a lesser way, but they are also imparting knowledge, and the feel good factor is that, which is the, something which is very important some people when they eat ice cream and they eat chocolate, they say, wow, I feel yes. so happy when they do that It's because of the release of endorphins. Now, the thing is, it's because a lot of people like ice cream and a lot of people like chocolates. But some people really like listening to music. Why do they listen to music and they become so happy? Because it releases the endorphins within them. So I think at the end of the day, if you're talking about hormone regulation and all, it is to find what actually makes you happy. That's why people say, do what makes you happy because that is your feel-good factor that releases your endorphins.
0: You know, you know, doctor, one thing I learned from today's topic, right? You know, even if I'm going to retire, I'm going to do tons of things, you know, play guitar, go to Guruvara, go to temple, you know, go and travel, uh, play Sudoku, <laughs> like what we talk about, right. even having some KOPI and having a chat, you know, that is why the KOPI events has started up. Uh, it's already planning for the retirement, you know, anybody who wants to talk, they are welcome to come in and talk and with a lot of uh, great views, isn't it now?
1: Yep. Uh, So also that is one. Uh, The other thing is uh, not only preparing for retirement. That is why you find there are a lot of people uh, who actually have started blogging, a lot of people who have started podcasts, a lot of people who have started uh, uh, different uh, uh, sessions which they can actually talk and think about so that they can still interact with other people. And this is how you actually make technology your friend. You don't you don't, uh, you don't, be ruled by technology. You know, there are some people, every five minutes, they have to look at their social media profiles. Oh, yeah. That is actually social media actually controlling them. But if you use social media to connect with your friends, to see how everything is with a moderation, you actually yeah. find that it becomes a useful tool. So I think you have to make the tool useful for you instead of you becoming a tool to be used by that particular product.
0: Yeah, so I'd like to make a quote here. Uh, so anything too much is a poison. Even if it's yep. going to drink milk, you're going to drink liters and liters. Maybe imagine someone drinks like seven liters or eight liters or 10 liters of milk. That's it, right? Something will going to happen somewhere. Uh, so same yeah. thing. Anything we do, must do in moderation. Um, Dr. Arvinda, it's a fantastic pass. Wow. Almost 50 minutes of uh, discussion <laughs> on the on the topic of mind your brain. But we we think we know a lot. But uh, we both will agree that we are just trying to come to understanding about how the brain works. I, I, if I remember very clearly, uh, almost about six months back, I was speaking to a, a psychiatrist. Um, and he was telling me that, you know, they are still learning. <laughs> so there's, there's, we we have not come yet. We have not reached to the end yet. Probably just the beginning. But just yeah. how fascinating yeah. our human body is just to understand um, like what you mentioned the endocrine system the cardio your liver your pancreas so many things your lungs everything is working for us how how beautiful this uh, piece of ecumen or piece of body was made I think uh, whoever made it, it it's an amazing job that a particular person had made it I got to say this and give the credit
1: yep and also you must understand that uh, you know a lot of people who who, who say that their mind over matter, there are so many things. And just to share with you, now latest theories say that Einstein only used one-third of his brain. So that is how wow. much we still don't know about our brains. Yeah. What were the other two-thirds function being used for? Yeah. Of course, it may be used for other processes which you can't control, like your heart rate and your peristalsis, yeah. all of that. But nevertheless, the capacity of the mind, I think, is something which is yet to be explored fully Uh, that is why you find a lot of research being done in neuroscience Um, uh, while i was in singapore i also visited the nus and uh, duke university you find that there are a lot of things being done for neuroscience a lot of research a lot of uh, effort being put to understand the mind better especially the science of the of of the brain but i think uh, the fascinating thing is as we go to to the future we are going to understand more and more which is going to help us uh, make things even much better and who knows within a couple of years time you may actually find that a certain center of the brain is actually responsible for dementia and there are certain things which you have to wow. do Maybe not even not yeah. even take medication but like what I was telling you do Sudoku or something like that which will yeah, train yeah. your mind yeah nice. so you never know so the, the future holds is very exciting and it's very interesting times to come
0: well said, uh, Dr. Arvinda. It was a great discussion we had on the topic of mind your brain. At Copy Events, podcast will be loaded in um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as it will be also being in our social media platform LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, YouTube as well. So, our viewers and listeners, you can please do share and like, and do inform your friends and families as well, so that more can be aware of this platform at the same time, gets a lot of information with our guest speaker, Dr. Arvinder saying, uh, thank you so much, sir, for the past 50 minutes of discussion, bro. Uh, I think the next time you're going to come to Singapore, we're going to have a a nice biryani, a nice vade. Uh, Let's do some South Indian. Let's do some South Indian food. And
1: and we must also do a live podcast show that time. And I think it's also interesting if our viewers can actually share uh, what what would they want what do they want to discuss or what are the topics which they feel needs addressing where mm. uh, it may give us rise to something which we can mm-hmm. talk about in the future
0: perfectly said doctor i mean it was a great pleasure for you to i mean to come to singapore we have uh, finally met over a period of two and a half hours <laughs> uh, over he virtual uh, but it was an amazing feel right i mean uh, i did i didn't feel that i was with a stranger even though we're meeting yeah. for the first time. But Agreed. this is how uh, virtual or the uh, technology has connected very well during the pandemic. Uh, That's right. Thank you. thank you, Doctor. And uh, we will connect again very soon on, a, on another interesting topic at Kopi Events. Awesome.
1: Thanks, thank everyone. Stay safe. Stay safe. Take thank care.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. So that was the uh, a very uh, nice topic to talk about at um, almost going to be a new day, but we are still at Tuesday. Um, of course, with Dr. Arinda, a guest speaker at Copy Events on the topic of mind your brain. Thank you for all the listeners uh, tuning in to Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. Please do give your ratings. In uh, the same time, do follow our topics. And if you do have any particular topic that you want to talk about, uh, you can actually follow the uh, website. That is uh, mentioned at the Copy with Vance, Spotify, and Apple uh, podcast. You can send a message there. And uh, we will come up with a very uh, possible topic that you have uh, requested for. So thank you so much. And uh, I'm going to sign off right now. This is Vance from Copy with Vance. Have a pleasant evening, everyone. And we will catch soon on our next episode at Copy with Vince.